0: but I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another
1: pair. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic shoes, wearable well-being for your feet.
0: Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a mom of three kids, ages two, five, and seven, and I live in Southern California.
1: And I'm Megan. I am the mom of five kids, ages six through 17, and I live in Michigan. This is the Mom Hour, part of the Life Listened Network. Hey, everyone,
0: and welcome to episode 12 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers, here with Megan
1: Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. How are you?
0: I am great. Um, I'm excited for today's topic. We are going to be talking about free-range parenting and raising free-range kids. We're getting and controversial. We're, yeah, we're diving right in. And um, for the first time, we're going to make this a two-part series. So uh, those of you have been listening for a little while... Know that we never run out of things to talk about. We usually run out of time. So we yeah. decided up front that this is a big enough topic that we're going to break it into two. So this is episode 12, and um, you'll be if you're listening to it when it comes out. Then in one week from now, you'll hear episode 13, which will sort of be a continuation. So we'll see how this goes. It's the first time we've done a two-parter. It's our own serial. Our <laughs>
1: <cereal>. <laughs> Sarah, our sponsor Vionic is back today with their Vionic Vitals Collection. These shoes are the most essential styles for everyday wear to get us ready for spring, which will be here before we know it. We've already talked about my Uptown loafers and Willa slip on flat and your Chardonnay heeled sandal, but this collection also includes the Walk 23 classic sneaker. That is that unapologetic dad sneaker style that's so popular right now. And I was just thinking having all four styles would basically be like having a spring capsule wardrobe for your feet.
0: Oh my gosh, that is actually such a genius idea, Megan. I love where you're going with this. You know, high quality shoes are such a classy way to elevate your wardrobe and the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection really can be worn in your everyday mom life, whether you're running errands or dressing up for an occasion.
1: Yeah. And let's talk about the comfort factor, Sarah. Vionic actually got started by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to make cute and comfortable shoes that can keep up with our active lifestyles.
0: Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet.
1: This episode is sponsored by Olive in June, and Sarah, I am just so grateful that I have mastered the art of doing my nails at home. When I look down at my cute manicure, I feel a little more pulled together, no matter how crazy life is at the moment. Thankfully, Olive & June's Manny system makes it so easy and affordable to make Manny time a regular part of my weekly routine.
0: Well, I know the feeling, Megan, and I think it's so fun that with Olive & June, you get to customize your Manny system with your choice of six polishes, plus their top coat is included. So Katie on our team says that she has lately been layering some of their iridescent colors over their gel-like polishes, and the final result looks super shimmery and pretty. I might have to try that this spring.
1: Yeah. And Olive and June press-ons are another cool option. They look so real and I think it would be a great way to test out another nail shape. A long almond shape is popular right now and I'm kind of curious what that would look like on me.
0: Okay. Well, keep me posted on that one. Listeners visit oliveandjune.com slash the mom hour for 20% off your first Manny system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash T-H-E-M-O-M-H-O-U-R for 20% off your first Manny system. Um. All right. So we're also going to bring back another one of our, I will call it a very irregular segment because we it's one of those things we say we're going to do. And then sometimes we don't because we're just finding our way. This here, is where but-
1: if we were fancy, we'd hit a little button and it would go like a very irregular segment. <laughs>
0: We need to have all kinds of Who needs buttons. a button? I think you should just do that every time. Um, so that is our little Instagram moment of the week. Megan and I are both on Instagram. We'll link to our feeds in the show notes at themomhour.com. And we use this as kind of a way to give you guys a little peek into what we've been up to lately. The funny, the silly, the serious... So um Megan, you went out to the West Coast, to my left coast recently, um, yes. for a conference. I'm looking at a picture of you in a leopard print robe, which is fitting because I think you were in Portland, right? Which I is, was in
1: Portland. Which my would, first prides turn.
0: itself on being wacky and weird.
1: Yeah. So I went to a, a conference called the World Domination Summit, which sounds very scary, but my good friend Asha Dornfest, um, who runs the blog parenthacks.com, which um is a great yes, it's a great place Asha. to find ideas. For hacking parenting. So it's oh, really yeah. cool. She's the best. So it's um, such a good resource. So she was speaking and had an extra ticket and invited me to come be her guest. And it was really it was really fun. It was not scary. Uh, it was kind of funny because Sarah sent me a text while I was there <laughs> that said something like, uh, Are you dominating the world yet yet? Or can I yeah, still I think be your can friend? Can I still be your friend when yeah. you're dominating the world? <laughs> I did not unfortunately um, learn how to do an evil takeover of the world yet but it was okay. really it was a great conference and there was a lot of inspiring stuff there and, and is this um, really the oh kid president robe? was there oh oh nice. and he spoke and he was so sweet and cute and charming and so is his oh, uncle really who does cute. his uh, who does the videos so that was oh funny. that's awesome yeah
0: um so is this leopard print robe oh yeah so that's the story stuff? is that the actual uh hotel provided robe
1: well yeah and this, you can it's buy like it out
0: of vegas
1: it was just kind of funny because I got to the hotel before Asha, or she was at a rehearsal, and so I was just kind of hanging around the room waiting for her. And so I started taking pictures, I started Instagramming pictures of myself, like eating the <laughs> chips out of the mini bar because I was starving. And yeah. so I tweeted it, and I was like, "Sorry, Asha, I ate the seven-dollar chips from the mini bar. It was a chip emergency." <laughs> and then I had to iron my clothes, so I, you know, didn't have any on because I was ironing them. So I put on that leopard print robe, and then I tweeted at her, um, and Instagrammed to her, and I said, you know, sorry. That I took the ninety dollar robe from the closet, Asha. Uh, it was a robe emergency, so it was just kind of funny. I was having, I, I was having it. fun. Yeah, and well, it was, it looked pretty good on me. I have to say, it does look good.
0: And when you guys, listeners, see this, we'll put it in the show notes. the The wallpaper's funky. The floor yes. is funky. Whatever's in the background of this picture, like a this lighting picture. Hu- well, and it was this
1: <laughs> huge mirror right in front of the bed. Okay. Which was a little funny. We would just kind of lay there at night and look at this weird mirror and be like, "Why is that there? It's so big and it's right in front of the bed." Um, so it was very cool. It was the Hotel Monaco, which is a uh-huh. Kimpton property, yep. and we I have those at other Hotel Monacos, yeah. but not yeah. Important. And there's one we've stayed at the Palomar in Chicago. They're cool. They all have yeah. a, like their own sort of feel and. Yeah. Uh yeah, this one had like weird bird wallpaper and yeah. very funky furnishings. They also had a free wine hour every night, there a free nice. wine reception in the lobby, and there was like a huge Jenga game and people were painting and like there was music. It was really cool. It was great. It's I have always liked Kimpton hotels, but now I'm even yes. more of a fan. Yes. So. Kimpton plus Portland equals Exactly. Even weird and cool. <laughs> it was weird. It was weird. I kind of felt like I was in an episode of Portlandia the whole time, but Yeah. 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 It's really true. Oh, that's great. Yeah. All right. Oh, so my turn. Instagram for Mine me. Mine is totally self-serving, but um that's okay, right? Okay. So earlier this week, Sarah Instagrammed something very exciting. We were the Mom Hour was featured in an episode or an episode in an article on Mental Floss, which has been a site that's been on my radar for at least 10 years. Yeah. And it's a really cool oh, site. Oh, really
0: that long? I feel like I didn't start
1: noticing until recently, but
0: it's always really interesting I, It's stuff. been around
1: for a long time. I mean, maybe not 10, but it's been a long, around for a okay. long time. It's very well-respected. I mean, it's, it's good yeah. stuff. It's good information, and um, I, I kind of feel like sometimes those cool sites have been pushed out by places like BuzzFeed that learned how to, you right. know... Dominate the world. Dominate the world <laughs> faster. But I was, we were um, listed with some really great podcasts as one of, in this list of favorite yeah, parenting podcasts. So
0: 19 mm.
1: notable podcasts about parenting, I Which, think. And we'll yes. link to that
0: article. And there's we'll the great, article. a lot of the shows that I already love are in this list, but then there's some that I've never heard of that yeah. I can't wait to check out. Yes. Um, And the writer definitely did her homework. I mean, you can tell she um, listened to not just our show, but all the shows that she reviewed and she broke it up into shows that are great for moms and then some for dads and then some for mom and dads. And I think yeah. we were in the mom and dad section. So We were, dads, we were in the mom and dad listening. section. Yep. Thank
1: you. Hey, and you and know what? I don't know if you noticed this, um, Sarah, this might be a surprise for you, but we were also listed in on a website called Teaching Sam and Scout. So big shout out to Teaching Sam and Scout. Oh, no, I didn't know um, that. We were listed with just three. We were one of three Top podcasts that very this, cool. woman, and the other two were Jamie Ivy and um Jess Lively, and I think that they're both really well known. So uh-huh. or Jess is their name Jess Lively? I know it's the Lively show. Yeah, it's Jess Lively. Yeah, I those are well known podcasts. So I felt I don't know. Very I felt cool. Pretty. Good we're in that. good company. We we're and in very thank good you company. Floss.
0: Um So yeah, that was my Instagram of. screenshot so in the back right now but i was feeling about it i love instagram i feel like the the, my community followers whatever it's a really good mix of people i know personally and other kind of blogger online friends so it feels natural to kind of share that kind of stuff on instagram because i feel like it's a great community for me i mean it is what you you know whatever you've made it
1: but right um i got good peeps on there yeah me too
0: very cool so should we uh head on this big topic
1: Yes, but let me, let me preface it. So we're talking about free-range parenting. Yes. And as we were setting up to start recording, <laughs> um, I mentioned to Sarah, so just as a warning to all of the listeners, the listeners, that I have a bunch of extra kids in the house today because uh, just kind of ended up babysitting and one kid had a sleepover. And there's just like a whole bunch of kids in this house right now. So hopefully they don't, you know, come across the perimeter. But anyway, so she said, well, how many kids does that make? And I had to stop and think because I actually have no idea if Jacob or Isaac are in the house right now. No idea. None. And they are
0: ages 17 and 15, they're fifth right? 17 and so you 15. haven't lost like your kindergartner in a seventh. no 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 yeah
1: no they're they pretty much are on their you know they have their own thing going on but it was just I really have no idea if they're here none I love that so. that's
0: perfect a perfect segue into free-range parenting yeah. you might be a free-range parent if you wake up in the morning and don't know where your children are just kidding
1: that's a quotable
0: uh, that's a quotable we could tweet that yeah. um Do you want to, I want you to start because I want you, you've been a parent longer than I have. And I know you've been following this quote unquote free range parenting movement kind of since the beginning, because your kids are probably of an age where when this catchphrase um, kind of started out there that your kids were of an age where it actually mattered, whereas mine are just now getting to that age. So do you kind of want to just kick us off?
1: Sure. I mean, do you have questions for me? I mean, here's one thing I will say. I don't wanna say I got there before Lenora Scanese. <laughs> I'm never sure if I'm pronouncing that right.
0: I know, I'm glad that you pronounced it
1: first. I think it's Lenora Scanese. But the but who I love her work and I'm a big fan. Um and she's been real she really has stuck with it. I mean, she's been writing mm-hmm. about this for many. Yep, and has years. evolved and has a TV yep. show. Yeah. Um but I wrote it I used to write a parenting column for the local paper. This was many years ago, and I mean it was probably nine years ago. That I wrote a story for my for my local paper about kind of those things like giving kids more independence and why mm-hmm. we clamp down on them so much when they're little. Or I'm sorry. We like we we tend to like clamp down more the older they get sometimes, mm-hmm. strangely. Like we kind of let them do their thing when they're little and then we get this weird, you know, kind of control freakiness about them when they're like kind of at the age where it should be flipped. Right. Um and I know Katie Grandy wrote about that at one point too. So anyway, I'd been writing about those topics for a while and then she came out with this big site and a book, and I was just like, I can't compete, and I stopped writing about it. But
0: um For listeners who don't know or who are newer parents, yeah. so Lenore's nine-year-old son rode the New York City Subway alone famously, and See, she that's was, what I didn't
1: have. I didn't have that kind right. of book.
0: And mm. she was like sort of launched into notoriety as someone called her like the worst mom in the world or yeah. something. And she responded with you know, I think she'd been already blogging and writing already. Right. I mean, I don't think she's she's been writing for a long time, but, um, just kind of in defense of letting our kids have independence and just to kind of, let's just kind of define at least the beginning of our conversation around free range parenting. And that is sort of, I think free range parenting is a reaction to our increasingly, uh, paranoid and a little bit, um almost litigious because we've had some oh, yeah. recent stories of parents being taken to court because their kids were playing alone um or walking to school by themselves. So free range parenting is sort of the reaction and the you know the voice of reason in defense of a little bit more independence, a little less paranoia on all things uh kids growing up to be independent, whether that's being able to play independently or giving them an, more responsibility. Or, or, and I think this is something Lenore site does now is calling out um, rules and laws and litigation that just defies common sense when when it comes to this kind of stuff. You know, schools and school districts having rules that are all about the like 0.5 percent chance that this one thing might happen, and now everyone suffers because we've had to make a official rule about it. Does that make sense? Yeah, kind of define that. So that's I think so we're going to be talking about, but then also how that. Plays out in our own families and yeah. raising kids to be independent.
1: You know, it's, it, yeah, I think that that's true. And I think for every, it's different in every situation. And I think that's one thing that we tend to lose sight of sometimes is that context matters. Um, we all live in different communities. Totally. I mean, so here's one, one time that I think it's kind of started to become evident for me. Um, you know, we have, we get these. Things that we say we should never do with kids. And then that becomes like a drum that we just beat, you know, over and over. So one of those things, obviously, is don't leave your kid in the car. Well, of course, I agree with that. You don't leave your, you know, newborn in the car while you go shopping. But I remember at one point sitting in my car and I had like a 10-year-old, an 8-year-old, you know, like a whole bunch of little kids, like one after another. And they're all strapped in. And I thought, if they were in my backyard, would I feel comfortable letting my 10-year-old watch them? Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. For a couple of minutes while I'm in the house cooking dinner or whatever. Right. And then I thought, okay, so if I were, you know, I kind of like read through all these all these different scenarios in my head where I would feel completely safe letting my 10-year-old keep an eye on his siblings for a few minutes. And in this case, they're even strapped in to mm-hmm. the car. Especially
0: the little ones. Especially are, the little ones, yeah. right.
1: And I thought, and I'm in a gas station, a busy parking lot, and I thought, why would I get all of my kids out and walk them across this busy parking lot and then go in and deal with them all, the, you know, yanking um, right. candy bars off of the shelves and stuff. Right. And it's gross in there. It's just... So that I don't have to break this rule right. that somebody else has created that really doesn't even apply in my situation. And I right. left. So I left the kids and ran in. And I don't even remember why I went in. I think I was getting a bottle of water or something. Right. And oh, it was the other part was that we were on a cross-country road trip. So I'd already had the kids in and out of the car right. 8 million times. Right. right. And I was driving alone. My, oh my husband gosh. was someplace else. I don't remember where. I think I was, we were going to visit him somewhere. Okay. Like he was on a job um, a few states away. So- I just remember in that moment feeling like I was going to go to jail, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like somebody was going to see me like bolting across the Mm -hmm. parking lot, you know, running in. I had my eyes on them the whole time the car was Mm -hmm. locked. It was like Mm -hmm. 50 degrees out. So not either cold or hot, like the condition, my, my son was totally old enough to get out and tell me if something went wrong. I mean, it was like totally fine, but I just felt like I was breaking this rule of parenting Mm -hmm. and it felt so arbitrary and bad and weird. Mm-hmm. And I remember at that moment just thinking, "This is crazy. Like right. I'm using my common sense. I'm using what, you know, the sense I was given right to evaluate risk. And I think that that's one thing. I think to me, that is what free range parenting is about is is looking at relative risk and judging it for yourself rather mm-hmm. than sticking to this sort of rule book that right. doesn't allow you to have a mind of your own right. Right. So anyway, that's just one st- I could come up with many, 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 and I probably will come up with many stories to illustrate. Right. But have you found yourself in a situation like that, Sarah?
0: Yeah, well, I... Um, Not necessarily well, that
1: same thing, but, you know. No, I
0: completely agree. And I think... Um... I think you're, the community you're in, like you said, everyone's being so different, has such a big uh, impact on on how we perceive these risks. And it's so easy to follow the crowd to to you know to do what everybody else is doing with regard to how much freedom they're giving their kids. So, um, at our at our school, you can do the drive-through pickup line, and you right? and I have had lengthy okay. discussions Many about the drive-through about pickup line. Sure. Actually, this was an old episode of the Home Hour that we can link to. We talked about this, but um, so I'll just be brief. But um, most people park and walk to the school to pick up their kids, which I did not really. I, quite frankly, I don't. I still don't really get it because it's it, it's hot part of the year here in the afternoons. If you have younger kids. You're getting them out of the car, doing the stroller thing, and the parking there's no parking. So you're parking, you know, a little ways away up a hill. Right. To walk there, to be there when the gates they kind of come out of the school area into the public area. And the school administrator, when we were new to this area, told me, and she kind of she kinda outed outed the hive mind a little bit. She's like, I I don't know what these people are afraid of, but I really think (laughs) it's because they don't, they want to be there. They don't want any, any uh, space of time in between the supervision of the child's teacher and the parent. But let me explain that if you go through the car line and like my oldest was in first grade this year and she would sit on this little half wall completely supervised it's not like she's I mean we're not even talking about walking home at this point we're talking about waiting there with supervisors who are directing traffic for me to make it through now the car line is annoying in its own way but for me it was better choice because I have two younger kids strapped into the car and I don't want to get them out and drag them down the hill and all that so even though we inched along and there was some traffic, that was preferable for me. It just was better for my situation. And my for the first, like, two days, my little first grader who was six at the beginning of the year, you know, would kind of watch for me. And I think her teacher stayed with her the first day, you know, so that she knew. Because it takes a while for the cars to get forward. But anyway, most parents do not do that. And I've had multiple parents over the last year say to me, I wish my kid would Let me pick him up in the car line. Or that's Uh that's so nice that you get to sit in the car. And I'm thinking, you you too, you too could have (laughs) this. And I think we get into this cycle where everybody else is doing it, and then we think, well, what if it is? We go to a big public school, and it is kind of a madhouse when the kids get let out. They they look for their parents, and the parents look for the kids. So yes, there is a chance that there could be a stranger there who could just scoop up a kid in that few minutes of chaos, the chances of that, I mean, as we know, statistically are so low, especially in a community where everybody knows each other and is, you know, watching out, but technically it's kind of public school grounds there. So I think that, that paranoia mixed with everybody else kind of doing it. And I think in defense of some of the moms, they, they enjoy that and they sit in the sun and talk to their friends and whatever. But, but for the people who said to me, oh, my kid, my kid won't won't let me, they don't want to wait that long or they, or they would feel afraid or I don't know, you know, I don't know how we would do that. I just think, but you can, like you, you can, you know, and, and that's just, I guess, an example of where, when, what the community is doing and assessing as a risk or, or like setting as the norm, it's easy to get sucked into that. And if you feel like your kid can handle it and this amount of independence is, appropriate then i think then that's a choice you can make for yourself and then that comes back to maybe that's kind of what this free-rangeness is about like you said customizing it to what it makes sense for your kid and your family
1: you know i i i'm listening to this and it's it's funny i have lived in a small town for seven years where the the mood is more relaxed here it really is like (laughs) you know once not everybody but once you kind of find your people it's pretty easy to find the people who are like, no, like, let the kids go and figure stuff out and um, that kind of thing. But when I lived in the bigger city, <clears throat> especially at one point when I lived, like, in a more wealthy suburb, um, mm-hmm. that was when I really ran into a lot of people who would say – and I know it's it's maybe not fair to even classify it that way, but I do think sometimes that hive mind can be sort of um, ramped up in places where people, frankly, have the time and resources to think about stuff like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because when you're, you know, when you're mm-hmm. in – like when you're in a smaller town, maybe you just that people have a, a different kind of feeling about safety. But I think sometimes in, in bigger cities, too, it's like everyone just kind of got to like deal with themselves. Like if they're right. working or whatever, like they right. don't have time to be thinking right. about all the what ifs and, and being paranoid. Um, but I do remember people saying things like it only takes a second. That mm-hmm. was my one of my least favorite. It only takes mm-hmm. a second for what? It only takes a second for, you know, it only takes a second for a lot of things to happen but that doesn't mean they're going to happen. Right. Um and then the next, you know, logical sort of extension of that thought was you can't take your eyes off your kid for a second because that's the second right. where anything could happen. Right. And the other one that always bothered me was um well better safe than sorry. And I don't actually believe that. Right. I think better safe than sorry can be can be incorrect because There's such a thing as being, of course, I want my kids to be safe. Of course, I want my kids to be healthy. Of course, I don't want them to fall out of a tree and, you know, break their arms. And I don't want them to run into creepy people. And I don't, those are a lot of things I don't want for them. But I think that if we try so hard to keep them safe all the time, then they don't learn how to keep themselves safe in the long run. Yes. And they don't have the experiences that make Childhood fun and make being human interesting. It just becomes like all about fear and paranoia and not getting hurt. And I just don't think that's a way to live your life. So it's not, yeah, yeah. it's not
0: a way to live your life. And like you said, I think you just touched on this, but it, it's also not giving them the kind of layers of experience to make good choices when they do get into a scrape at a later age. Does that make sense? Right. So oh, yeah. If you're not, it's like a toddler, right? If you're not letting them figure out how to go up and down the stairs within reason i mean we put gates on our stairs because a fall down the entire flight would be devastating but we also let them go up and down the bottom steps over and over again and we let them fall down safely because that's how they learn you know so kind of a cheesy metaphor but yeah if if you're not giving a little bit of independence at at the right time where it's a little bit of a stretch like if it feel i always feel like if it feels slightly uncomfortable for me, it's probably in the right zone. If I'm if I'm feeling just wrapped with fear and paranoia, <laughs> right. then then we need to, or if my child is, right. then there's probably we need to adjust. But if it feels like, and those first few days of school were an example, I would sit in that, you know, that, and I couldn't get there any faster to her. And I knew she was sitting there where all everybody else's moms were coming to them. And she had to wait for me. And it was, it was right up against the edge of my comfort zone in a new school, a big school. And I think that's right where it's it's a, a good place to be because then the, the kid gets that sense of accomplishment or um, figures out that they can do something, whether it's to be alone for a few minutes as they get older or stay home alone or whatever it is. And then, you know, we get more comfortable with pushing that envelope. So you just had... Um, Jacob in the city by himself. That reminded me for a while. So how
1: did that go as a, as an older free range moment? Well, okay. So Jacob's 17. Um, he'll be 18 in a few months, but who's counting. And (laughs) a friend of ours who lives in Chicago was going out of town for 10 days and just kind of remarked. And so to back up a little bit, Jacob's been this kid who's wanted to have, you know, like a real adventure since he was, since I can remember. And Mm -hmm. when he was like 13, he just told me like all he wanted to do in life was walk barefoot across the country. (laughs) And I was like, well, okay, but can you just wear shoes till I can't see (laughs) you anymore and then just do whatever you want (laughs) after that? Um, But, you know, he's just never, like, there's just not a lot of opportunities for kids these days, unless you send them on, like, a big travel, like, a volunteer trip, volunteerism kind of trip someplace. There's not a lot of opportunities. Like, it's really hard even for teenage kids to get jobs sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's just, like, the things that were available to us when we were kids Mm -hmm. just aren't always, life is just more structured, I guess, is what I'm getting at for everybody, including teenage kids. So, Um, my friend mentioned this. She lives in this nice area of Chicago. Um, and I said, oh, hey, maybe Jacob could do it. He needs a job. And so she's like, that's perfect. So I, you know, then, then I thought, okay, this is crazy. He's not even 18 yet. I think this might be illegal. Um, blah, blah, blah. Like I had a lot of thoughts, but then what it really came down to for me was he's in a pretty safe environment. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know anybody there, so he Mm -hmm. can't get in trouble. It's not like leaving him at home for 10 days, which I would never do. (laughs) <laughs> he knows too many people here. He knows right. where the liquor cabinet is. I right. mean, that's just asking for trouble. Right. But to go to a, t- a city where he has to learn how to navigate, you know, the transportation system, has to kind of get familiar with the neighborhood. Has to kind of like just get out there and see something different. I just thought that would be a really valuable experience for him, and mm-hmm. and so he did, and it was fine. I mean, he it was funny because he was really cocky about the whole thing, and then we did the train with him one time. Um, just a couple of stops, just so we could kind of get used to it. And then we're leaving. And I was like, okay, so because he wanted to come home for 4th of July. So to do that, he had to navigate three different trains. He okay. had to, you know, like he had to get to the one train then take us to the other train and then take that to the Amtrak to come home. Right. So um, he, it was funny the next day. He wasn't so cocky anymore. Like, you know, he called me and said, okay, right. so I have to get at this stop and I have to, <laughs> this is where I transfer. But he took it seriously and he figured it out and there was no problems. And I think for him, I think that's one of those experiences when you're young that make you realize you can navigate the world and it's not mm-hmm. a scary place, especially kids who are in a small town. It's so easy. Everything and is so feels easy so here. Good it does like, feel so as good. As an almost adult. Yeah.
0: Um, it really feels good. And I'm, I'm trying to, as you're talking, I'm trying to kind of relate some of this back to younger kids. Cause I know we have a lot of listeners with younger kids, but what I was thinking about is when you grant permission for something that feels a little bit scary or first time ish to your kid they are like Jacob. They are, aside from the being cocky at the beginning, they do take it seriously because it feels a little bit scary to them. And I think the benefit of that is they listen a little bit more to the rules. And I noticed this. I mean, I definitely have a Typical first child in Allegra, and she's seven, and so she's a rule follower naturally. But she loves independence, and she is very mature. So I give her quite a bit of independence. But when it's something new, like you can walk to this neighbor's house by yourself, you know, I won't, I won't even watch you go down the street. I trust you. She kind of like her eyes get big, and she kind of like knows this is a big deal. And I think it actually helps follow the rules. So I can then have a conversation, saying, "Now, okay, remind me what you're going to do at across the street, and remind me what our rules are about." Talking to strangers. And I feel like she kind of straightens up a little bit. And those rules matter more because I've given her more freedom. Does that make sense? Whereas, oh, yeah. if they're always begging for the extension, they've already right. kind of written off your rules or your fear as silly and right. maybe are less likely to think about those things. Yeah, Jacob, like you know, proactively Jacob
1: was, giving them that to them. It's exactly. surprising. So it kind of jolts them. like
0: ready to listen to all your, right. your advice because you've given them a big job, a big
1: yeah. Slice of the yeah. pie. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's true at any. At any I age. totally agree, and I and I have a a memory of being about um I don't know maybe eight eight years old or so, and I was. I told my mom I was going to run away. I was really mad. Everybody has one of these stories, right, where they're going to run away and then yeah. they go around the block or something.
0: And the books we read didn't help. No, note. they were all. I feel vi- like that was yes. so fun. All the
1: characters who ran away in the books. And like, and what's the one where the kids live in the New York City Library? Yes, yeah, so I love that one. Or the
0: or the wasn't it the museum? Oh, the, the museum. Yep, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, the
1: mixed up files. I just yeah. saw
0: someone write about that. Yeah, that one was great. And there was another one that was very dark, where like the parents were dead and the older sister took care of like three younger. Was that anyway? Was that the Boxcar Children? No, that, it's okay. like, it was like a mod more modern it oh, probably more wasn't modern even one. very famous but i just remember it because they like
1: there was for tons themselves. of that and i used anyway, to have all these fantasies about the, that the
0: running away
1: so i told my mom i was running away and and classic you know my you know i was the youngest of many and my mom was like okay just be back by dinner and so i left and then along the way i just picked up some friends and they're like what are you doing and i said oh, i'm running away my mom said i can so we just we just started walking and you know, I, this was a small city too, like maybe 30,000 people. It wasn't a huge place, but we ended up walking to areas of the city I had literally never been on my own before because I just never would have ventured that far. And it still sticks out in my mind as like one of the coolest days of my life because we saw you see things from a different perspective when you're not with your parents. And I saw my town. I felt like it was my town, not just like someplace I got carted around right. on someone else's time. Right, And... I got home okay and everything was fine. And you know, it wasn't, it was just really a cool experience. And I think that that's the kind of thing that can be really life shaping for kids. Um, and you can't manufacture that. You, that's the kind of thing that just has to happen, mm-hmm. you know, like when the opportunity is there and there have to, I think there have to be lots of opportunities for kids to just kind of move outside that comfort zone a little yes. bit for those yes. magical things to happen.
0: Yes, absolutely. The baby steps. And I think that's,
1: helpful for parents too. So uh,
0: one thing I was going to ask you is if, if you are a mom who feels just naturally more afraid, either because it's your personality or because it's kind of the peer pressure around you, or sometimes it's just, it's your first kid and it yeah. just feels scary to let them walk down the block by themselves. And or I think, I think that we,
1: school. I think we should also acknowledge really quickly, um, that, I am very privileged to live in a place Mm -hmm. where I'm not afraid for my kids. And there are people who live in places where they're literally afraid for their children's lives. And so we're not talking about that. I mean, I know sometimes it's easy to romanticize things to the point where... It's not Mayberry anymore. It's yeah, and I and I think that there is definitely something to keeping all that in mind. So I just want to throw that in yes. there before we move on.
0: <laughs> yes, <And laughs> please. That, you know, and you that's know. the same like kind of how we started. That yes, yeah. it's, it's different for every situation in every community and every um,
1: child. Because I've also heard from people who are like, you know, you might not be able to tell by looking at my kid because they might look like a typical kid, but they don't. They're not developmentally uh, developmentally typical. So right. sometimes you know, I have to kind of keep myself from judging other people's for not being like free range enough when I really don't know what's going on inside their house. So those are just two huge caveats. Exactly. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico.
0: Well, no, I was going to ask if you are feeling more fear prone, Megan, do you have any kind of strategies? I was going to suggest baby steps, you know, but for, for, if you, if you aspire to be a little bit more free range or give your kids more independence, but you're kind of stuck in that, in that place of fear,
1: Yeah. do you have any ideas for, for breaking out of that or? Well, I think that you can, I think that one of the things that we don't always do we look to the crowd and we look to the hive mind more than we look to our own kids and i think our kids will tell us what they're ready for um unless you you know some of us have one of those kids who's just like the crazy one who will do anything any defying thing and yeah. Those ones, I think, sometimes want to push the boundaries. Those are the true, those are the ones who are going to be 20 years old and jumping off of bridges right. and stuff right. like that. But most kids, I think, have a pretty good sense of what their abilities are and mm-hmm. don't really want to do really scary things. I mean, I think they want to do things that stretch themselves a little bit. Yes. So I think sometimes you can ask them, like, do you feel ready for this? Do you feel, For here's a good example. We live on a fairly busy street and we've lived in this house now for two years. So when we moved in, uh, William was nine and Owen was seven. And I have a thing about busy streets and we're going to talk about this later. Like what is our personal, we all have things that we're not worried about and we have things that we are worried about and busy streets have always been a trigger for me. I don't know if like in a past life I was involved in a, you know, a hit, like a hit and run or something. I don't know, but just a thing. And so the rule has just been, you can't cross the street. And I never revised the rule. I never revised it. It just didn't even occur to me. And finally when I wouldn't let William, all of his friends live on the other side of the street. There's a cool park on the other side of the street. The ice cream shop is on the other right. side of the street. <laughs> and William who's going to be 12 in, you know, September and uh, October said, "Mom, I'm 11 years old." You mm-hmm. know? I think I can cross the street. <laughs> and I was like, But there's no crosswalk and the, you know, there's no light. And he said, I know. I know how to do it. Like he's at the age now where he right. can judge right. oncoming traffic and he can tell like the relative speed a car is moving and if right. he can safely make it across. Right. And the cars are going like 30 miles an hour. It's not like right. they're it's not like the highway. I was like, William, you're you're so right. Like I've misjudged you mm-hmm. because to me the street is like no, you know, big like a blinking X like mm-hmm. meh, meh, meh. And so I said, Okay it's fine. You can do it. And your brother can go with you. And, and then Owen was like, you know, mom, I could do it too. I was like, okay, well let's, you know, let me watch you a couple of times and mm-hmm. see. Um, the other difference being William Owen is the kind of kid who would try to like beat the cars. I know him. He would, he would try, he'd be like judging it and going, oh, right. I can do this. And then he'd probably fall down or something. Right. So, but uh, William is totally just very st- steadfast and straightforward. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and it's, he's totally fine. And I yeah. just didn't I just didn't let myself listen to him mm-hmm. for a while. So anyway, that's a long way of saying that. If we're talking yeah. about younger kids, one thing that I did, like on the playground, I know this is this is a place it can come up. Yes, um, I would. My rule was, I will not help a kid climb up on anything. Mm-hmm. If you want to get up on something, you have to be able to get yourself up there, because that's the only way you can safely right. do it. And that right. proves to me that you're right. able to manage it, and you can probably right. get yourself down. Right. Um. So I was never one of those parents who ran around like boosting toddlers up on mm-hmm. stuff. The because, crazy high stuff. Yeah, yeah, and the crazy high stuff. And then and then like doing the thing with your hands up, like walking around. I would kind of help them out on the little stuff. But I also felt like they were really able, you know, you've got those playgrounds where there's like the two to five-year-old area mm-hmm. and then the five to 12. If I just kind of kept them in that two to five-year-old area, it might take them a while. Of kind of circum, you know, navigating the structure, Mm -hmm. trying to figure it out. But eventually they were going to find a place that they could play. And they could play with it on their terms. And it was something they were able to do safe, more or less safely. There's always bumps and bruises and that's okay. Um... So that was like one way that I kind of got around that at the playground with my kids, especially when my bigger kids were little and I was more nervous. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I would just ask myself, like, what's the worst that can happen? Right. Yeah, I think that's a great question. Just like asking yourself that, like, what's what's the worst that could happen? And if the worst that could happen is another parent is going to judge you, that is not a good enough reason. Right. Right. You know? Uh, yeah. And I mean, obviously, you have to be reasonable with that because the worst that could happen at any moment is like a meteor could you know, right. come right. out of the sky and crash into us, but that's not likely. Right. And n- neither is um, an abduction in right. a public park in plain right. view. That's just not, right. it's right. so extremely unlikely. Right. Um, even though our, you know, news cycle likes to repeat stories over and over right. and make us think right. that we're all in terrible danger. The right. truth is most of us, we live with risk, but we're not in danger most right. of the time.
0: Right. Well, and I think that speaks to another uh, tip I was going to have if you're feeling fearful and especially for with younger kids is start with if you don't feel ready to kind of let them loose yet or give them the independence, start with the safety precautions that will will kind of give you that mental insurance policy. So start. It almost sounds like backwards, like it would increase paranoia. But I think um, teaching a four year old to know their phone number and their address and starting conversations about how to deal with strangers and starting those conversations young um is really a way to it's not that those things are going to happen but um first of all it's good practice as a mom i think to start bringing those things up and you can do it in little ways when kids are little but it is also a way to raise we're not talking about sending kids unprepared into the world we're talking about giving them freedom and raising them in a way that they know how to handle things. So I think if you're feeling fearful when it's little kids, practice crossing the street together. Talk about traffic rules. Talk about stranger danger. You know, make sure they know their phone number and their address. It's not like you're going to let them walk to school by themselves a mile when they're five, but you can start those conversations earlier so that you're sort of building that knowledge and also just help, you know, making yourself feel a little bit better. Like you're putting, you know, a, a street smart kid out there when, when that time comes, does that make yeah. sense? Oh yeah. So it's almost sure. like starting with the, <laughs> starting with the, the rules and the, and the safety conversations and before just letting them loose. I think that can be helpful. And I think you can start those conversations really young.
1: I think you're right. And, and you also mentioned baby steps and I'm going to give an example of something that, um that I did with my kids, which really worked out well. So when Jacob and Isaac were about five and seven, um, Isaac was a total introvert. And so I felt like it was really important for him to start dealing with adults who yes. are me um, outside of school or home. Mm-hmm. So, We wanted them to start going into stores and buying things like Mm. on their own, like for them to be able to navigate that whole process, like getting there, you know, picking something out, talking to the store clerk, making the change, all that stuff. But they were little. So we kind of started it where if we were if we were at the gas station already sitting right there, we would have them go in and make the purchase and sometimes we'd go in with them and then just kind of stand in the back and let them go handle it themselves and then it kind of slowly turned into us like driving up letting them get out and go in watching them as they kind of navigated it and then eventually um it would turn into like if we happened to be at a friend's because at the time we lived too far for them to ride their bikes or walk into town um but if we were at a friend's house who we knew lived by a corner store we would always take advantage of that like hey kids you guys want to go to the corner store and they would get like all excited and then they would go and buy themselves stuff, and then later it I just be, kind of just slowly turned into this thing where they can um, they can just kind of do this stuff on their own. And it's funny, this Indian restaurant finally opened in our town a few weeks ago, or I guess last month, and we've been dying for Indian food. We're just, it was, we really are in a kind of a restaurant desert around here as far as ethnic food goes. So we were super excited, and John and I went one night, and we came home. We're like, oh, it's so good, you guys. You need to go. And they said, well, we want to go right now. And so he said, I can't go right now. It's like eight. We just ate. <laughs> but right. tomorrow. So the next afternoon came and they all wanted to go. And so we just gave them money and they all went to the Indian restaurant by themselves. And it was awesome. That. Like they just all went and they don't have any fear of that kind of thing. And so, you know, but it's kind of funny to think about like this group of like five siblings walking down the street with I their like that. cash with stuffed their in their money. pocket so they can go get Indian food. I love that. But you're um, right. It yeah. takes
0: practice. It does. Over time. Yeah. Um, We talked about uh, related. I'm just thinking about in our manners episode. And so if you haven't listened to teaching kids manners, I think it was episode three. Um, we talked about that in the same way, getting kids comfortable talking to adults, but that it goes back to kind of safety and independence too. If they're comfortable approaching adults or asking for help or asking for directions, they're going to just be a, a more street smart, capable kid.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I wanted to add too that, you know, in our family, we sort of have that built in, um, helpers, because we have older kids now. But if you don't have that, I think sometimes it can be valuable to have like a slightly older friend of the family or a mother's mm-hmm. helper or cousin or something. Um, take your kids on those little adventures because yes. even though the other kid might be a young teen or something, that does feel a little more independent. It mm-hmm. feels a little more exciting. It feels a little more risky. It feels a little more fun. And then they get that experience mm-hmm. even if you don't have older kids in your household yet to take them on those. Yeah, I think that's a great, that's a great point. And I I have one
0: more kind of question for
1: you. And then
0: I think we almost can wrap up uh, part one of two and um, kind of revisit this topic in our next next episode. But uh, what I was going to ask or bring up was again it was related to that having a sibling having sibling relationships and you were talking about Jacob and Isaac and Isaac being needing more practice so that's kind of my situation too Allegra is very capable very mature and kind of she really asks for the independence and she deserves it so it's easy Mm -hmm. she's making me you know she's bringing me to my comfort level as a free-range parent because she's very responsible and she likes the independence so she's always pushing for it. Reed is the opposite. He's very happy to follow his sister. He would do he would go wherever she goes. He doesn't have very. He's not. He doesn't have natural street smarts because he's always in his head. Right. So he really needs practice with. And they're always together. And so yeah. they make such a good pair. And she takes such good care of him that she's one of those seven year olds who I I I don't leave her home alone. I'm saying that very clearly. But I really you could. probably could. Yeah. I mean, she's just she's and she's like a little adult in the way she thinks about things, which is you know I think the minority of kids, but pretty firstborn typical. But he is the opposite, and he always has her. So it's really kind of. Disabling in two ways. It's not his natural tendency to be street smart, but right. he also always has a protector. So I really have had to, you know, practice with him. But I don't even have the opportunity to practice as much because she's always there, kind of yeah. here. I'll let hold my hand. Let's cross the street. So that's yeah. a challenge. I'm not asking you to solve that problem. I'm just throwing it out there. And well, you know, I will it, say it depend on yeah. kind of. Yeah,
1: I will say they're about three years apart. They're two, just two, two just two. Uh, oh, that's right. They're seven um, and five. You know, I think. As time goes by, you'll find that that'll start to change a little bit because mm-hmm. she'll start to pull away, and I don't mean yeah. that in a bad way. Like Jake and no. Isaac are still like best friends, but they have their own friends, they totally. have their own stuff going on, and like as life happens, there's just more opportunities for them to do stuff independently, truly independently. Because that I've right. we've run into that as well. Because you know Jacob did all the talking, Isaac just kind of sat there with like mm. his clammy hands all full of money or whatever, like you know. Um, he just had a different role when they were younger Mm -hmm. and I think that's very natural in a way. And I think that as they've gotten older and when we're all together, there was always lots of opportunities for us to be sitting, say even at a restaurant, Mm -hmm. just look at the waiter and, you know, speak up clearly and Mm -hmm. make eye contact and ask for what you want. Just little things like that. Sometimes I think kids who are really in their head and a little shyer or more reserved don't always do that stuff. So sometimes it looks really different. Right. With those kids. Right.
0: Um No, but you're right and they don't they're not such a pair as they get older. And school right. is school is great for that too because it's a it's a natural separation from everybody, siblings, yeah. parents and Yeah. Yeah, but just in case anybody else out there has that dynamic. It's not like it it's you can't quite like free range parent all of your kids equally. Some no, need to push exactly. toward independence and some are going to push you. You know right. what I mean? Like yeah. some some need to be pushed out of the nest and some are already flying exactly so
1: that's a good way to end this segment poetic that was very Um, i think we need to also tweet that listeners
0: (laughs) you can email us hello at themomhour.com or leave a comment on the show notes for this post which will be episode 12 at themomhour.com we love hearing from you Um, We'd love to know where you fall on this free-range spectrum. Um, And we just love hearing from you in general. So that's how you can find us. You can also tweet us at The Mom Hour. Um, so please keep the emails coming, please rate or review us on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. If you have not done so already, um, anything else, Megan,
1: to wrap up this episode? No, I think just check back next week because we're going to be hitting. We will continue, we will continue this conversation. It'll be to be continued. So, Love it. All we'll right. Be back Talk soon. to you soon. Just look for The Teas Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts or head to theteasmade.com to find all the episodes. Hi, everyone. Megan here. Sarah and I would absolutely love it if you would hit pause right now, like right where you're listening, and leave the Mom Hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, this is one of the biggest ways you can thank us, and it really only takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, you can navigate to the Mom Hours show listing. So when you're in the episode you're listening to right now, click where it says the Mom Hour just above the play button and then scroll all the way to the bottom and you will see the ratings and reviews. We would love if you would leave us one as well. Thank you so much for listening.